0: like a child oh but the fire went wild
1: Welcome to Millennial Mystics, a podcast about modern mysticism and the people making it theirs. Together, we explore
2: all angles of mystical subjects for both beginning and advanced practitioners and bring marginalized voices front and center.
1: Prepare to laugh, learn, and decondition. So grab a pen and your grimoire and let's get going.
2: Welcome, welcome, friends. You know what time it is. This is our new moon episode, which means that it is time for your roadmap for the month ahead, basically.
0: It's new moon o'clock.
2: New moon o'clock. I love it.
1: Because what the fuck is time?
2: (laughs) Really? I don't know anymore. And (laughs) this is going to be a really juicy one. Kaylee and I were talking before this, like the planning of it. And I'm so, so excited because it's all like we're going to be learning a lot about eclipses today.
1: Yeah, we talked a lot about retrogrades last time, and I gave like a little preview about the eclipse coming up. But um, I think that now, when we look in retrospect about the first eclipse of this eclipse season, that we're all probably really feeling what an eclipse energy is (laughs) supposed to bring. Like, I told you guys not to make moon water on that full moon eclipse and just like kind of give you a preview of this kind of or actually i guess it wouldn't be a preview right it would be a, a a review a review yeah good good um Thank you for the language, because words, what are they? I don't know. What's time? What's, <laughs> What's time worse? And what are words? What's reality? No, I, I just i just am dissolving into the ether right now, guys. Anyway, um, so to give you an idea, um, the day before the full moon eclipse that we had, uh was when seventy five year old martin gugino gugino i 'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing his name, um, but that was the day before the eclipse was when he was assaulted the day after the eclipse was when the officers were charged with his assault um, so it's not necessarily like like obviously the energy had really shifted. Um, almost two weeks before the eclipse. It was maybe a few days after our new moon episode um, when George Floyd had died. But um, the eclipse I think is kind of like a marker, like, Hey guys, people are shifting on this. Like minds are, are changing and this is just the beginning. So eclipses happen in seasons. They, they, happened like a string of Eclipse um, in a row. And so um, that was just the first of several that we're going to have this year. Um, about,
2: like setting the tone though, like,
1: wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it really did. And I think it also was the moment that um, the narrative around police violence had shifted, that we were seeing that even with all eyes on them when there is absolutely no secrecy to um, their actions that <laughs> they behave the same. No. Yeah. I mean Florida like, no, if this yeah. is, if this is better, if this is them knowing they're being watched, we can only imagine how fucking horrible it is when they know they're yeah. not being watched. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's, uh, my guess is, I, not even my guess, my, I, my knowledge on this is that it is not the same. This is better. This is them on their best fucking behavior, and it is fucking horrific. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so the eclipse season, I, I, it's not a mistake that a lot of this is happening right now. Um, all of the retrogrades, all of these eclipses, and I mean, eclipses happen every year, so like, it's not like we avoid that energy. It's actually really helpful energy. You can kind of view eclipses like um, the death card. And if you're not leaning into that energy, sometimes the death card is really unsettling. Um, but if you're leaning into that energy and using it for, you know, change and actually letting shit go from your life, then you it's,
2: you can't have rebirth if you don't first die. Like, yeah, absolutely.
1: So. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we might as well just get into it. Cause I started talking about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't not, um, so, yeah, this upcoming month is, uh, we just started a couple of days ago. We finally walked into Mercury Retrograde. Um, the pre-shadow on Mercury Retrograde, um,
2: it's actually. A doozy. I've been feeling the pre-shadow more than I have with other. So, retrograde.
1: I don't think that's a mistake because this, this particular retrograde is um in the middle of so many other retrogrades <laughs> um so this particular mercury retrograde it's um in opposition with pluto mm. um oh my which it's not i mean it as it moves backwards it's not going to stay in perfect opposition it's actually really not in perfect opposition right now it's in just kind of slightly by a few degrees. Um, But at any rate, like, it's potent, right? And this retrograde, it's going to be coming near the north node right now, which um, just moved into Gemini. And the sun is over over there, you know, it's um, moving right across the north node and it's going to be hitting um, Mercury in, let me think, or let me see, it's going to be conjunct with that... hope you guys don't mind me checking my notes. All right. I can't find the exact day on it. Somebody who does astrology, you know, when it is comment somewhere. Um, but uh, at any rate, like all of this energy, sun, mercury, North node, um, everything is um, in opposition to Pluto right now. Um, and as Uh, Jupiter moves through its retrograde. It's going to be hitting some other things because it's right next to Pluto. Um, They're actually conjunct right now. So, um, yeah. Just, it's a lot of energy and it's been building up since last year when we were going through all of that Capricorn, Cancer, opposition energy. Um, So, it was just like fuel and then the match was lit and here we are. Yeah. Um, You know, and like... In the middle of quarantine, in the middle of the pandemic, I don't know that we could have ever even imagined the protests on the scale that it is. And and when we had made our yeah. last new moon episode, that was really the context. That was the only context we had for this yeah. for this past month. And so, I it was I, literally days
2: later when the protests started breaking out after a new moon yeah. episode. Like yeah, was, it
1: was it was days yeah. later, and. I mean, like, so the pre shadow for this Mercury retrograde that just started, that pre shadow started on the second, and the second was the day that all of the black squares. that social media blackout and I think it was a really perfect example of the lessons we're going to have to learn in this particular Mercury retrograde. That over the next few weeks Mm -hmm. as we move through this retrograde that we are all going to be forced to to really come to terms with how we absorb information who we're getting our information from and how we're sharing this information and because this retrograde is in cancer we're going to have a lot of fucking feelings about it we're going to be talking you know, like, we're going to be really focusing and and learning about not only the way we communicate our emotions, but the way that our emotions hijack our communication, um, and the way that we emotionally respond to others communicating, because right now a lot of people are having a lot of fucking feelings about what they're seeing, and... um We want to make sure that in this that we're learning, you know, where this information is coming from, what is fact, Mm -hmm. um, who we're getting it from, and prioritizing who we're we're getting our information from at this point. We've learned that we need to get our news from people who are actually experiencing what's happening, not people who are just reporting on it. Um, And
2: what's fascinating, like I, okay... Aside from having Gemini Rising, I'm also like a former journalist. And for me, like, first of all, like I was a print journalist, so print and online. So there's a natural rivalry between like print journalism and TV journalism because print...
0: yeah which and we had kind of gotten into it with our um yeah
2: it's very much like tv is garbage they only care about views yada yada but we have seen a lot of issues with print journalism as well right now um and issues with the reporting there like and you know you see that like they're like everybody talks about balance in journalism it's like the foundation of what you learn in journalism school balance doesn't mean interview fascists
0: no, okay. it doesn't. That's not
2: like, What? That's not balanced. You can't lend credence to fucking white supremacists and to
1: fascists, okay? That's Right, not which balance. we've been saying for years, not right. 4 is in the number, just for years because this yeah. didn't come from nowhere. Trump yeah. wasn't elected through a fluke, right? Fascism has been given credence in media since before trump was elected that's how he was elected and i like i remember 2015 i had this game that my brother and i would play where we were like who said it trump or hitler this was 2015 and now we have even more evidence to add to that game like it's so use this mercury retrograde (laughs) please understand what you are consuming and what you're yeah. putting back out <laughs> yeah. um but and it's not I, I would hard say, like, you know everybody's
2: waking up to the things that you know i think that you and people who are maybe more informed i thought i was informed i'm i'm no i don't feel like i, I i'm feeling now like i need to be aware of where yeah. i've been getting my stuff and like i've been getting most of my information from fucking twitter like people who yeah. are there on the ground
1: yeah and
2: it's just like Yeah. Well,
1: and I mean, like, so one of the people that I follow, like, there's a particular social media account that I really love, but I'm not going to out this person, but um, they have um, kind of adapted the Arab Spring, because if you remember Arab Spring several years ago, where they used Twitter to overthrow, like, various countries used it, and um, it was an immensely powerful tool for them to be able to organize. Um, I've, I've seen it repurposed for this as a cab spring, <laughs> yeah. which I love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's an immensely that. useful hashtag. If you guys want to follow that, because um, sometimes black lives matter, the hashtag is not used as much for organizing as it is for like attention grabbing for um, the, mm-hmm. the trending on it. Um, And I think it's also important. So the, the trending since we did our um, full moon episode on hexing white supremacy, um, the trending since that episode and that period of time has died down quite a bit, right? That like, it's still on people's minds, but I think that the fervor and the immediacy of that has, has definitely sort of waned. And I mean, I guess that makes sense, you know, right? Like we moved through the, the waning cycle of the moon just after that. It energetically is is supported with that. But now is the time with this new moon and this eclipse new moon on steroids to really assess what we actually are letting go of yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And because it is an eclipse, um, now it's an. I should say it's an annular eclipse. So it's not a total eclipse. There's like... A, a, a little bit of difference in that. Um, energetically, there's really not. Um, but as far as what you're seeing, it looks different. So um, a total eclipse is when the sun is completely blocked out by the moon. That's like when you can take off your eclipse glasses and actually look around and it looks like nighttime. That's a total eclipse. This is an annular eclipse, um, which has like the nickname of being the ring of fire, And it it literally looks like this ring of fire around this black spot in the sky. Um, And so that is happening on um, depending on uh, where in the United States you are. It's either June 21st um, on the East Coast or June 20th on um, the West Coast. And we won't actually be able to see it. That um, was my
2: next question I was going to ask. Yeah,
1: you no, it's going to be the middle of the night for us, and solar eclipses happen during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one will be visible to Southern and Eastern Europe, like just a little bit of Europe. Um, a really good portion of Asia, like most of Asia, will be able to see it. Um, a little bit of Northern Australia, pretty much almost entirely Africa. Um, there's a little bit of Northern Africa and a little bit of Southern Africa that won't be able to see it. Um, And then in the Pacific and Indian Oceans.
2: Okay. So, and
1: if you're in those regions, you have to protect your eyes the whole time, like, even though it's, like, directly over the sun, you can't take your your eclipse glasses off. Okay, good to know. Yeah. 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 Oh, and it's so, it's the annular eclipse that gets that ring of fire because that's actually when the moon is at its furthest orbit from Earth. Ah, oh, yeah. So okay. there's a there's a lot of mathematics that that happen with eclipses. Um, so during its orbit, it has to be at a particular distance from Earth to fit perfectly over the sun.
2: Mm, okay, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. So- okay get into the energy of it because you were telling me earlier and it's like it sounds so juicy this energy, it's
1: pretty it's pretty fucking juicy so yeah I mean eclipse energy is juicy in general because right. it's like that death card and like I've had experiences with eclipses that were catastrophic because I wasn't leaning into the energy and mm-hmm. so like the um, analogy that I've um, found I, I didn't come up with this one it's Susan Miller and we'll link to her outline all Six. of a, yes, Susan. Susan <laughs> um, yeah, this is her analogy. And so we'll have a, a link to this article because it's a really good sort of crash course in what eclipse energy is and how to navigate it. Um, but uh, I'll read you her, um, her analogy because it's, it's poetic and it, it really does um, uh, sort of encompass what all of this is. So during an eclipse period, it is though you will walk over a rickety old bridge. As you walk across the bridge over a very deep, rugged, treacherous ravine, you may be a little nervous. Once you make it to the other side, the bridge will collapse and you will see the pieces fall far into the deep, perhaps making you jittery. The bridge snaps just as you get to safe ground, but you realize first that you could have been on the bridge when it fell, Um, but you weren't. And more importantly, you will never be able to walk back over to the other side. Once we go through an eclipse, we can never go back to the former situation again, for the universe wants us to make progress, not to go back to the good old days. That option is taken away forever. The only way with an eclipse is forward. If you find later you don't like where you wind up, you can always have the option to make changes up ahead. But again, they must be future choices, not ones that bring you to the past. I love that. That really explains it. It's perfect. And I think that that's that's especially potent um, information for what we're all experiencing right now. We don't Mm -hmm. want to go back and we don't want to stay here. It's not fucking good enough. And we can't. and we can't, like Definitely the energy will not yeah. allow us to, it is not a mistake that this is happening right alongside eclipse season and all of these retrogrades. We're being forced to think about this in such a deep way that we absolutely must change it from the ground up, yeah. throw it out and start over. Like we have to, we have to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: How how might this affect people on a personal level?
1: Okay, so on a personal level, this is this is definitely going to be um, so because leading up to it, it's going to spend most. The new moon is going to spend most of its day in Gemini. Um, I say day like that measurement of time matters for the moon, but you know what I mean. It's going to spend the majority of the build up to that peak of the um, new moon in Gemini, and it's going to just shift over into cancer just before the actual peak of the new moon Mm. um so it's going to be again that sort of mercury retrograde energy that i was talking about where we're looking at um what we're saying what we're hearing how we're hearing it and then immediately shifting into how we feel about it and how our emotions um kind of take over on that. And because this is new moon energy and it's definitely new moon energy on steroids, you're going to, um, find this particularly potent for releasing emotions that do not serve you. Um, especially the way that you relate to your childhood, um, and, or your current definition of home. And I think that like, given the context of what a lot of people are experiencing and, um really coming to terms with in frankly their complicity with police violence um is that they really have to reckon with the way they grew up understanding how policing operates and how the prison system operates and they're going to have to really reckon with how they feel about that and how they grew up learning about it that's my take i mean like that's my very hot take um But um, the other thing that I will say is that if you have planets that are between zero and one degrees Cancer, um, this is going to feel especially dramatic uh, filtered through the energy of those planets. Um, um, Yeah, so you may want to look at your house on that um, just because it's going to give a little bit more clarity on what aspect of your life you're really going to be confronting your emotions around childhood and home. Um, so for example, my, like that particular degree of cancer is in my seventh house, which is all about partnership. Um, and that's like romantic partnership, business partnership, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm really going to have to come to terms with um, how I grew up viewing partnerships um Mm. and my role in them and my emotions around them um yeah that
2: that makes a lot of sense that's interesting it's so fascinating
1: yeah and it's gonna be i mean like guys it's gonna be hard make sure that you're taking care of yourselves and you know make sure you're taking care of each other because everybody's gonna go through it nobody gets through without feeling the eclipse energy um even if they don't necessarily realize that that's what's happening
2: yeah, and um, like it's kind of like that. You know how everybody's been making those jokes about saying like, "Oh, 2020, like, is like basically like, have we like, let's just throw it out? Like, it's a shitty. No, year. And we I, need this and year. I, yes, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's a year. It's like our most like when you think back to the most difficult times in your life, what followed it, and it's always like. It, most of the time, like the most difficult shit that happened uh, that has happened to you, has made you grow, made you learn, and it's like led to led to so many blessings that you could not have seen then.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it I doesn't do make it
2: okay. It doesn't make no. the shit you went through like okay, but no. it is net. But a lot of times, it begets necessary change in your no. life.
1: And I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily like say that you know there's um that like trauma and suffering are necessary no Um, no, 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 uh, like that's that's not what it is it's it's more that we need to see things both in light and dark we really need to understand that the that everything has a light side and a shadow side and we really need to to see them fully to balance what energy we need and what energy we don't because we do need shadowy energy and we do need light energy. We need both. Yeah. Um and so it's more yeah about like difficult periods of
2: evolution of yeah. personal evolution. Some of the times in your life where like the things that you've done are really hard or you've had to like really shake things up, whatever it is, like this, that kind of thing. Right. That's what really like it's always ends up being necessary. Right. And it's it's like definitely a difficult breakup or a difficult like conversation or like if you had to reevaluate your career, maybe you've been fired, things
1: like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, this is not the same as like oppression and suffering. That is, that is not what we're talking about with this energy. This is right. this is much more universal energy of you know like trials and tribulations. You know, just normal trials and tribulations, not oppression. There is nothing necessary about oppression. Oh, absolutely. Um no. Yeah. So and so yeah, all of the oppression that we're really coming to terms with as a country. Um, fucking finally, um, it, it, that is not, that is not the, the sort of like useful suffering that, you know, helps us grow. That's not what this is. What is, is the discomfort that we're all moving through finally saying that the system is not serving us, um, and, and really sitting with our discomfort over uncertainty, actually. The, so the, ins- yeah. the uncertainty is really, I think the main highlight of these, um, sort of trials and tribulations and that death energy is this uncertainty.
2: Yeah. That's and where that is. Let me clarify that. I didn't, you know, obviously I want to make sure I'm getting the message across clearly. Yeah. But that's why yeah. BFFs having a podcast is wonderful because you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I know exactly what you yeah. meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So much. It's like it's definitely that point of like, the caterpillar has has melted down. It has no idea that it's going to turn into a butterfly. All it no. knows is that it's in pain. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, and you were you were saying that like before before the episode, you were saying that like eclipses come in pairs.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the eclipse that we had on June fifth didn't really have a pair. It kind of stood alone. Um, Because it was the first one of the season. And so they come in new moon and full moon pairs. And like we talked about in the astrology episode, that the um, new moon is the sun sign that we're in. And the full moon is the sign that's directly opposite of that. So this um, new moon is going to be in Cancer, which means that the upcoming full moon in Capricorn and its lunar eclipse which will be penumbral again um is the pair on that so we're going to have this cancer energy in a couple of weeks we're going to come back to this capricorn energy and the capricorn energy i think is is going to be a really important eclipse for us to all collectively go through because of all of the capricorn energy we went through last year but we haven't really done an episode on it there are a lot of people who have um you know, analyzed what happened over the sort of Capricorn Cancer um, opposition energy that that really took up all of 2019. Um, so you can you can definitely find information on this. But basically, this um, Capricorn full moon eclipse is going to be kind of like a revisiting of all of that energy that we had last year, um, which was really like what set the stage for what we're experiencing now. Yeah. That, that was a that was absolutely setting the stage for all of the changes that we need this year and that we 're going to be experiencing like cosmically until two thousand twenty three um, was
2: that um, was that like this time last year or was that a different time during last year
1: so it started earlier, but this is definitely when that energy really started to pick up last year. so what happened was there were um, several planets that were moving through um, through Capricorn. Um, And then the North node was in cancer directly opposite of them. So we had Pluto in Capricorn. We had Saturn in Capricorn. Um, Let me pull up my notes again for that. I can give you a little bit more. So was
2: it like June last year or was it like, when was this?
1: It was really, like, the majority of last year. This happened, like, all oh, of okay. last year. Oh, yeah. It oh, oh, oh <laughs> wasn't, like, a couple of yeah. weeks. It was, like, months on end uh, because okay. Pluto moves so slowly. slowly Pluto's still in Capricorn. Um, yeah. And the North Node moves pretty slowly, and it was moving backwards through Cancer while Pluto was moving forwards through Capricorn. So they were really, like... Okay, keeping like in tandem and opposite, yeah, like they were like, you know, like, like cats um, circling each other, <laughs>
2: like, well, like you know when um you would like like you get hold hands with a friend and then you spin in a circle really fast you know what yeah I mean? it's,
1: it's like, like that except so that, really exactly that cool. everybody throws up yeah <laughs> like, exactly. it's yeah. uncomfortable it's awful <laughs> right. it's not fun it was terrible <laughs> last year was if you were like paying attention to that kind of energy you could feel it it was brutal i mean it, it br- really it's it's putting a lot of context into like why, like, you
2: know, it almost feels like the past few years and I don't feel like it's always been this way, but like the past few years, it's been the sentiment of like maybe next year is going to be better. Like every new year's Eve, somebody's like, Oh, I'm so glad that that year is over. And it seems like it's getting worse, but really what it is is it's like building up to like a point of change. Yes. Yeah. And the astrology seems to be like backing that up. So we just need to like, it's not that we need to be, we need to be patient with ourselves, but we also need to like understand the greater context of what's going on. Like, you know, we're not throwing 2020 in a dumpster. And no, like we,
1: we, needed we need it to do this. need 2020.
2: 2020 is a turning point. And that's really what it's about is that all of this has been going on for a reason.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't say this in like a judgmental way. I'm really you like saying this as a as a call, as an opportunity to to do things yeah. differently. If you're sitting in this year thinking about 2020, saying I can't wait for things go back to nor- to go back to normal, that is privilege. If you have a normal that you can go back to, that is privilege, and you are absolutely being called to confront your privilege right now. If, yeah. if you have at any point during all of this year yeah. said, I just want things to go back to normal. Yeah. Your normal is not good enough. We, yeah. We've got to do better and we're going to. I mean, like the, the, oh, yeah. it's like we talked about in the last new moon that all of this Jupiter retrograde, Saturn retrograde energy are calling us to make something so much more beautiful and so much bigger. We're making space for all of this newness. We need to do it and we can. The planets are supporting us, but we have to go through these retrogrades. We have to finish our Saturn retrograde. We have to finish our Jupiter retrograde. Venus is almost over, which, excuse me, is a little bit more like personally oriented like like this venus retrograde i don't know that we necessarily knew that we were going to have to confront our families and our loved ones in the way that we have in the wake of george floyd's death and this real um reckoning with police violence right like Mm -hmm. when we talked about that in that new moon episode that that is exactly what that venus retrograde energy was and having that sort of like retrospect on it, like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And so, yeah, this Venus retrograde is going to be over. Things are going to be a little bit easier as far as like calling your loved ones in on this work. Um, But with the Mercury retrograde and the fact that it's going through cancer, you're really going to have to think about how you are feeling. And this, like, to give you guys a personal anecdote on this, it's been really hard for me um, personally to... Let go of um, my personal frustration with um, optical allyship. It's been something that, like, I know is my mean. So, optical allyship is when it's or performative allyship. Oh, okay. Is when you like do things to be seen as helpful, Mm. but you're not actually doing anything helpful. Um, You're just doing the things that are are visible. Um, And so, like. It's admittedly made me very angry, (laughs) like very angry, like problematically angry and like just not helpful and like also doing things that are not kind and, um, so that's been something that I've watched in myself through this pre-shadow. And I know that in this retrograde is going to be a real lesson. I know that I'm really going to get tested on it. And I'm going to have to sit with those lessons and learn new ways of doing this. Um, and yeah, that that eclipse energy is, is pushing me through that. And it's uncomfortable. Like, sometimes you just want to be fucking mad. And sometimes, you know, you... My, my Mars is an Aquarius. I feel really righteous when I'm mad, (laughs) like, you know, but it's, when it's not helpful, it's not helpful. Sometimes anger is really helpful and sometimes it's not. And yeah, this, this whole experience is definitely showing me where it's not helpful, um, so, just to illustrate that for you guys that's that's one way that this can manifest um, so,
2: so if people are curious, like you gave a really good example, but if people are curious about like how they may be seeing this play out on a more personal level or in their own lives like what, what does that look? How can they figure out like where this like what 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 their built up has been like what has been their version of this
1: so you'll want to take a look at what planets um are in Cancer and Capricorn, mm. and what houses sit in Cancer and Capricorn for you? Um, okay. That'll give you a flavor of what was going on last year and a flavor of what is going on with this eclipse and this current Cancer season.
2: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Okay, I'm
2: like, now I'm looking at my chart, like, what's mine?
1: Yeah, okay. oh, and the retrogrades because. Um, Jupiter and Saturn are both retrograding through um, Capricorn, or their, their retrogrades end in Capricorn, but they'll be moving back through into Aquarius, um, which is which is a really interesting transit to to go into Aquarius, which is so um, like um, collective related everything about aquarius is very collective focused um and then capricorn is all structure focused so we've started thinking about collective but we had to go back and say no we really need to think about the structures if we're going to support the collective and yeah we're really really being called to change structures Um, so we had to go back right like having saturn and having jupiter moving into aquarius while still having police and the prison system that is not serving the collective so we have to go back we have to dismantle it before we can go on and make sure that the collective is actually supported
2: right yeah okay that makes sense yeah. my i don't have any planets in cancer but i do have planets in capricorn my planet, what are you having
1: oh yeah you have a lot of planets in capricorn
2: i have a i have a lot of have a lot of energy in capricorn but in capricorn i've got um i've got What's this? That is um, Venus, and I have Neptune in Capricorn.
1: Uh, what degrees?
2: Oh, I don't know how to tell the degrees. It says it right next know. to it. Are you oh on astro.com? Right. Yeah, I am. I am. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: it's okay. I'm sure like half of the listeners did the same thing.
2: It's okay. We're all like, learning. What? I was like, We're all learning. Pictures.
1: Yeah. Um, now, right next to the symbol, we'll say the numbers.
2: 51
1: degrees. Mm, no, that's 51 um, seconds. So the oh, number okay. before it.
2: Oh, 26, 26 degrees.
1: Okay. Venus. Yeah. So these, you, these planets are crossing right over your Venus. I think we have talked about this yeah, before when I've looked at your chart.
2: That. Yeah. Um, Neptune, it says seven.
1: Mm-hmm. So I was born a few months before you. And so, um, this is really all happening nowhere near my planets, but it is crossing back and forth over the cusp cusp to my second house. So I'm feeling this energy in my first house and second house. It's kind of like bouncing back and forth across them. Um, so first house identity, second house, um, personal resource. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's in my. Um, And then you'll also look at that for cancer, what your houses are. So for mine, um, I'm experiencing this really mostly in my seventh house, because I've got some interceptions. Which folks who know that, you know what I'm talking about. But folks who don't, it it, don't worry, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I've
2: got my yeah, cancer's like second and third house, and then um, yeah, and then for Capricorn. It's um, 8th and 9th, because I've got that, like, thing, that thing that you told me about, where it's like.
0: Yeah, the interception. Yeah, Yeah, the
2: interception. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we've got a lot of stuff going on right now with the eclipses and the retrogrades.
1: Yeah, we really do, and I mean, like, the, the astrologically, this has all been a lot, um, and like, it's funny. Nathan and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. Like, people who are born right now are going to be really oh interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like our transits are somebody's chart. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like, yes, yeah.
2: You know, it's so funny because I was randomly thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I wonder what the babies born now are going to be like. They're all going to be like little agents of change, I feel like. I hope so. I hope I they're really probably. going to...
1: They're going to they're gonna be the ones that are, you know, making sure that these systems are, are working. They're going to be yeah. like spending their, you know, lifetime testing them and making sure that they're actually structured appropriately, which like, thank goodness... Right. Yeah. We, we need that. And I, and I think it's really a call to raise children that way. Like, yeah, the stars will support them, but it's also our responsibility to make sure that they're supported in their design and that they have the resources that are necessary to make sure that we're all doing what is best for our collective. Yeah.
2: And, you know, I was it's interesting because I was reading this article, too. Well, okay. to be fair, the article was actually like really like it was like really short and like shallow and like didn't provide a lot of insight. But I read up on it after, which, of course, now I don't remember any of the resources. But it was this um, this guy who he's like a social scientist. And he was saying that his study of history and like culture and stuff shows that like basically like we see um a series like a pattern of rioting within like the united states where it's like about every 50 years it kind of reaches like civil rights reach a peak and things change like people get really like start getting violent start rioting start protesting like it it becomes like a really um is this the fourth
1: turning are you talking about the fourth turning
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is.
1: I oh, like you God's said it was name. an article. Okay, yeah. so the fourth turning was. Um, let me make sure I get their names correct. Um, this guy is like a Russian and American
2: scientist, and he was talking about like you know his study of like patterns in American history, and he was basically saying about every fifty years or so we can like see like huge like a huge like jump forward in civil rights because basically it's like generational. So like people. Yeah. Will, People will, like, you know, take to the streets and there will be, like, a good, like, 10 years of like people really pushing forward and pushing for civil rights and then their kids basically get sick of it because they're like I want to live in peace for a bit so they like it's like a time of peace and then it's the grandkids who then come back and then they start start things up again to push civil rights forward again
1: so I don't know if this is who you were talking about the fourth mm-hmm. turning was a book by William Strauss and Neil Howe um, and it wasn't because i remember seeing the name but i will link so yes this book was written in 1996 um which shows you how long i've been thinking about this stuff um funny enough uh what was that garbage bag filled with cigarettes that used to sit next to the president which one yeah right all of them
0: no no no
2: trump trump oh oh my god you're asking me to remember of all the people he fired
1: they he was like guys? it was one of the first- he was one of the first ones he literally looked like a garbage bag filled with cigarette but Steve Bannon yes, Steve Bannon <laughs> referenced this book, oh my lord, yeah, and okay. that that is not necessarily to say that the book is fascist, but he right. he used it as like a uh way to support his bullshit calls to action, like mm. he wanted to start. A race war oh God, yeah, and so he was using this as like a call and a reason to do it, but really, this book is just like analyzing these cycles um, and naming the the generations in each of the cycles so i 'm not sure what what article you read, but this is this book is basically that
2: oh no it 's not that, but this was like more. Um... This is like a scientific take on it. like just. No, this is
1: scientific. Saying. This well, is, no, yeah. this is, yeah. I mean, like they, no, they go in, like, way into this research. Is
2: newer. I'm going to have to go look through like my search history or something.
1: Yeah. It was, Please it link was, to it because I'm curious because it sounds like this.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll find it and we'll link to both in the show notes, obviously. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anything else on the
1: radar that we need to be aware of? Oh, gosh. Let me take a look. Um, I, I mean, like Eclipse is really like the main theme on this um there won't be a ton of um like like very catalytic energy there is going to be so Neptune is going to start its retrograde but that's really pretty common for Neptune the um, retrogrades for those happen very regularly because the orbit is slow much so much slower than ours um but uh, let's see. In July, what do we have going on? Anything in particular? Mercury is going to square um, Mars on July 10th, so definitely anticipate like people getting very um, reactionary
2: mm.
1: on July 10th. Is that's definitely what I would take for it. Um, anytime I see Mars and Mercury interacting in a difficult way on the chart, like, I personally find that I get into arguments that day. Like, I'll, I'll hear something start in my mind. I'm like, okay, where is Mars? Why am I feeling like fighting this person on the train? Um, not that I even remember what it's like to ride a train anymore, but, um, yeah, that's anytime that Mercury and Mars are, um either opposition squaring any sort of um malefic placement um i hope i use the right language for that astrology people feel free to call me out i don't know if i just use the right words but at any rate you know what i mean when they're squaring it's difficult energy people get pissed off really easily yeah. and like when it's mercury and mars specifically people spout the fuck off um so like watch your words on the 10th um okay Let's see. All right. And then the sun is going to be in opposition to Pluto and, um, Jupiter on July 13th, um, which will be difficult energy. We're going to have to really look at like where we're all sitting. Like the, the sun, when we're experiencing it on a day to day basis is really more collective stuff. Um, at least, in, in my opinion, um, so we're. I would say on the thirteenth, a couple of days after that Mercury Mars fight, um, we're going to be experiencing that Pluto energy again um, in a difficult way. We're like going to be sitting directly across the mirror from it. We're really going to have to like look at ourselves. And like, if you want me to read into it, I would say that whatever mouthing off, we do on the 10th, we're really going to have to say, okay, I can't behave like that. You know, this, this is something that I have to let go in myself, that sort of energy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the sun is going to sit opposite those for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. It's going to sit opposite of those. Actually, it's going to sit opposite, um, really fully on the 12th. Mm -hmm. through the 16th. So yeah, something in particular, like just watch what you're doing on the 10th and just really be mindful of how, um, like what you need to let go during the course of the week following that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's leading up to our next new moon episode. So yeah, that week. We'll we'll tune back in then. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that's yeah.
2: goes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, should we pull some cards then for a little, yeah. little extra guidance? We're doing something a little different this time, guys. We're going to use some oracle cards this time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, are we? We're only. Are we doing tarot plus the oracle or just the I'm oracle? I'm just going to do my oracle because I
2: feel like. Yeah, let's just, I'm, I'm just- I'm We're just going to go, go right
1: in. Through. We're going to do a one card. I like it. Yeah, we can I switch like it up. It's yeah. the new moon. We're doing something new. Yeah, um,
2: so do you want I'm to go gonna,
1: first? No, I'm yes. going to let you go first because okay. I still have to shuffle.
2: <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll go first, especially because I'm reading out of a book and I'll, will obviously interpret after. Um, so the message for this month, oh, this is funny. I respect the property of others. I'm reading out of the- um, What's it called? The Amenti Oracle Deck. And it's called Living with a Feather Heart as well. And it's basically the 42 ideals of Mott in daily life. And so the principle we need to adopt for the upcoming month is, I respect the property of others. And I am going to navigate to that page because honestly, like I have to read from it because it's so beautiful that it really like it It succinctly explains the message, so
1: I think it's also probably important, especially with the um, you know destruction of property that's going alongside mm-hmm. this very necessary uprising um that we like interrogate what that. Oh, interpret! Yeah,
2: no, no. It will explain it. It is. Oh, not, great! Cool, cool, it's cool. Never like what the face of the card sounds. So let me. I'm going to read the explanation, and then awesome. you'll, you'll hear about it. So. Can't wait. The word "property" has multifaceted layers of interpretation. It can define a quality or trait belonging to another person, an effects that an object has on another object or on the senses, something that is owned or possessed, or a virtue. And viewing the notion of respecting the property of others as an ideal to embody, looking at the layers of the word can assist you in getting to the root of its spiritual context. The properties we possess spiritually, mentally, physically, or emotionally, and the properties we own are two sides of one coin. As the inner spirit reflects to the outer world, what manifests and what we surround ourselves with in the sensory space are a direct reflection of the invisible intrinsic force within us. By the same token, we also reap what we sow. So every action, inaction, good deed, or use of poor judgment will find us in time. In embodying the ideal of respect, we are reminded of the first ideal to honor virtue, in particular, its pillar of prudence. By maintaining a balanced heart and mature mind, we are called to respect the property of others because there is no other, and as we respect the inner and outer effects of one another, this good karma reflects right back to us. By practicing good judgment and exercising reason, we are reminded to see the properties of each individual from both a metaphorical and literal perspective as a reticent song within our life symphony. An other is anything other than other. There is no separation, save for the illusion of the material world. A respectful person is a virtuoso of virtue, as you are confident in divine providence, and by being a trustworthy friend to all, you live in alignment with honesty in all of your decisions.
1: Wow. Yeah. Right. No, I it's think like, that's that's a perfect reframing of the word property from what I exactly. just said and I'm so grateful for it.
2: Yeah, and that's really what it is, is it's like you really can't lose sight of the physical property for taking place of the spiritual property and like what and it's actually really funny phrasing the debate right now we see a lot of people complaining about physical property and the destruction of it but there's not that same offense to the destruction of like spiritual like the spiritual human life yeah human life yeah and that's really what this card is about is calling us to examine how we are respecting the spiritual and mental like property of others versus their physical property because like it doesn't mean anything if you're respectful of someone's physical property if you don't see them as human.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: Right? It's this deck is oh, so good.
1: Wow. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 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 perfectly poignant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's beautiful. Um, so I am reading from my Aaron blah, 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 Wild Unknown Animal Spirit Deck. Um by I always Kim- miss, miss say that one too. Whenever yeah, everybody says spirit it. animal, but we're not talking about spirit animals, guys. We don't do that yeah. here. Um, don't do that shit. Uh, so the animal spirit deck by Kim Kranz is really more of um, re- like a, a true oracle interpretation of um, animal energy. So the idea is that you don't get one spirit animal it's not what we're doing. This is really like what this animal has to teach you about the energy um, that you're moving through right now and how you can do it um, using the, the lessons from that animal. Um, so for this month, I pulled the lion. Oh yeah. And so the, I will read from the the guidebook that Kim wrote um, just because I, I really appreciate the, um way that she gets into um what this energy looks like balanced versus imbalanced um and then what we can do to bring it back into balance um so without further ado the lion is a master of the fire element and the living mascot of self-transformation a lion personality dedicates their life to personal and spiritual growth This dedication inspires some and intimidates others. Therefore, the lion is respected by all, but known intimately by a few. Some mistake the lion as hard to access or aloof. Yet those with a keener eye know better. Lions are observant, stealth, and precise in their word and action. They do not waste energy or resources. This card reminds us that self-mastery is available to all, no matter where our quest begins. When it's in balance, it's the epitome of peace and strength. When it's out of balance, it's withdrawn and it's too serious. To bring it back into balance, daily meditation and friendship. Yeah, I think that's really appropriate, actually. I, I think it's perfectly appropriate. I think yeah. that really what this card is calling for is for us to to actually sit in the work that we've started doing um, since the last new moon um, and really, like, not concern ourselves about, like, who is watching. Like, the lion appears aloof because it doesn't care if you're watching it, what, what it's doing. It's just learning and mastering its own thing. Um, I'm also having, like... An echo of the strength card, yes, um, yeah, in the like traditional tarot deck, right? Um, which I'm, I'm sure is not lost on Kim. You know, she's definitely right, yeah. very familiar with um, tarot. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that she included it in this deck. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I think that that's. Um...
2: It's hopeful without um being unrealistic, you know what I mean like it's really about just like kind of calling all of us into um like to be part of a solution
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, to be part of the pride, like
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: you know the the lion doesn't stand alone it's it's got its whole group, and I think that you know calling into balance that that we need friendship that if you feel like. You can't find the information that you need to to master what what it is that you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Access your friend group and you know find community and people who are also doing this work and learn from each other.
2: Yeah, actually, um, you know that, um, you know Kylie, we had her on our episode, um, yeah, for the Akashic Records. She and uh, her co-host. Eva on their Hello Universe podcast. They've been doing a lot of great work since, um, you know, Kylie's white. Um, Eva is Asian, and they've been doing a lot of work on, um, like, education and, like, discussions around race, like, so that people of color are not the only ones, like, using their voice and talking about these things. So they've been Mm. doing a lot of powerful stuff today. They had, a, they, they had a discussion like in their Facebook community that was all about like, you know, why learning about like how to, about um, racial bias and having to unlearn your own like your own prejudice is spiritual work and how it is. you yep. need to be doing that. So they've been doing amazing stuff over there. So you guys should pop over check out yeah. their check out their that's stuff. wonderful
1: yeah nice stick yeah i think that the lion energy is definitely calling to that that we need the mastery we need mm-hmm. the um strength to do it we need the peace around it and we need to not care who's watching us do it yeah um, exactly
2: and we also like we need to carry more of the slack like You know, I think that there's like, especially among white people, we have this default of like, there's a difference between like amplifying the voices of people at the center of this movement. And there's a, there's a difference between that and then expecting emotional labor correct on education and explanation. Like you have Google, go use it and find some books. And you know we can link again to all of our resources that we've been sharing. Anyway, I think that I think we've covered a lot of ground for this episode. So I'm yeah. feeling good. How about you?
1: Yeah, uh, the, we went over quite a bit. Um, but if you guys have specific questions, um, don't hesitate to ask. Um,
2: yeah, you can come like come to. We have a Facebook community. It is. Very small. Currently it's just us. <laughs> and we'd like to grow it. So you can you can come ask your questions about how this may be affecting you. Um, like that would be really helpful. You know, I'll link, I'll go ahead and link our astrology episode as well. If you need like help, like looking at your birth chart, but that would be like, come ask your questions or in our group or come find us on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, all of the places we're everywhere. And I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. So that way you guys can come find us and we can start chatting about it. Yeah. And ask us questions. We love questions
0: for sure. Happy to answer them.
2: Yeah. So on that note. I think we're done. I think we're good yeah. for this week.
1: We'll let you guys go. I hope you pickled your hexes and curses last week and that we're moving into you know this new month and using this new moon energy to start new and start yeah. over.
2: Start fresh. That's what it's all about. So yeah. on that note, guys, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Jack Da Silva for our dope-ass intro music, Lindsay Allman for our transcendent logo and cover art, and Hope Clinton for her superb audio editing.
1: Tune in every Friday for the latest episode, and don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts.